Hey guys, welcome back to Into the Combine. Just Evil J here today, just giving you a quick intro to an interview I did a couple weeks back with uh, all the guys from this new band called Majesties. Uh, if you have not seen it yet, it's uh, it's coming out in 20 bucks spin March 3rd, and this is like basically a love letter to early 90s melodic death metal. Um, ba- things like, you know, the early stuff from In Flames, At the Gates, Dark Tranquility, and, uh, you know, so on and so forth. It was really fun. We talked about how the band came together, you know, goals with the, with the album and, and what they were going for. And then we just dove into everything old school melodic death metal, you know, underrated albums, favorite ones, favorite ones from the big three of, of the genre, um, you know, what these bands are doing now. And, and just honestly nerded out about it and geeked out about it. And it, and it was a lot of fun. So hope you guys enjoy it. Enjoy the album if you haven't checked it out. I mean, honestly, if you like that kind of stuff, it's you cannot go wrong. I'm obsessed with it. And uh, yeah, I think I'll be listening to it all year. So I'm going to shut up and uh, hope you guys enjoy. Yeah, well, then I guess we can just get it started. I mean, you know, I got the uh, the promo for the new album. Obviously, we're here to talk about uh, Majesties. And I was blown away. I mean, I was completely blown away. Me and a couple the podcast, there's three of us, and we all are pretty uh, rooted in, in a lot of that 90s melodic death metal. So as soon as I heard it, I just I sent it to the other guys and said, you guys got to hear this because it's exactly up our alley. And you just don't hear a lot of it. Um, these days, or at least I haven't heard it, you know. So anyway, so I, I just really wanted to talk to you guys about it and just, you know, kind of get some history on the project and all that. So awesome. Well, thanks for having us. I guess real quick, since, you know, mainly people listen audio, um, if you guys just say your name and like what you do in the band so they can connect, you know, the voice to who's talking. Uh, yeah, okay. I'll start. Um, <laughs> I'm Tanner and I do guitars and vocals and um, on this recording drums, but we have a a drummer for the future. So, yeah. Cool. 
I'm Carl Skildum, and I played uh, guitars on this record and uh, wrote the lyrics. I'm Matt Kirkwald, and I played bass on this. There we go. Okay. And you guys uh, have some history besides this band. Uh, say the names, because I always say Rob Sequay <laughs> in, in Exorum. I, well, how do you really say it? I mean, once you start saying it and hearing that enough, that's how I say it too. You know, I mean, we're not we're not going to get into like ecclesiastical and uh, you know, liturgical Latin difference. So, yeah, I, I say obsequiae, uh, uh, but it's it, yeah. Carl, how do you say, how do you say is it inexorum? Well, I, actually, it's funny. I used to say uh, inexorum, but uh, I, I think I've heard it said both that way and inexorum, and I I'm kind of gravitated towards the latter lately so it's but it's a made-up word it so however you say it it's just fine <laughs> right okay cool cool <laughs> i just didn't want to it's get it like, it's actually mujasti is the name of this band. <laughs> <laughs> okay right on yeah um so i know i mean you guys have uh, you guys are like you know you guys play together live you know the live version of of obsequy and so obviously you've got that history together, but when did you guys like, when did you come together? When did the project start or when did the idea start? Like, how did you guys connect in the first place? Well, um, Tanner had pulled me into the first version of uh, the live Obsequiae lineup around 2015 and, you know, 2015, 2016 was really just kind of building that band to play live. Um, and I, I think just one day I was playing around with some riffs at practice warming up and Tanner said, Hey, what's, what's that? I shrugged and I said, I don't know. And we just kind of started talking about, we should write a melodic death metal band. Cause that was something that both of us had bonded over. And, you know, as soon as we kind of met each other and discovered that we liked this, the same stuff was, was a real bonding moment for, for both of us. And uh, so that's kind of the Genesis. And we, so I always think writing music and getting ready to play in a live format are kind of two different disciplines for me and they, they require different types of mental effort. So it was fun to have the chance to, to build the live band for Obsequiae at one point in time and while also working on writing new stuff for a project that really didn't have, I don't know, we didn't have really objectives or a timeline or anything other than just it was meant to be time to hang out and kind of geek out about the kind of music that really inspired us at a early age. Cool. Cool. So you guys, so that was back in 2015. So have you guys been writing for this since then? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of the material that's on this record is it came from around 2016, 2017. Um, that's where, that's where a lot of that stuff really kind of got laid down. We had probably 20, 25 song ideas by the time we, you know, said, all right, we got to stop and call this down and actually make a, you know, make a cut so that it's 10 songs. It's enough to, for a record and kind of figure out how we wanted to do it. So we, we got pretty deep into just kind of squeezing everything that we could out of our, our brains and, and into this batch of song ideas. And, and that's really kind of, I don't I, Tanner, do you remember how kind of when we said, all right, we have enough and now we need to call it down. It feels like it was... 2018 ish, 2019. Yeah. I want to say that's, that's right. Uh, you were definitely the one, you know, to, to, uh, <laughs> I'm always, I'll just keep going. I'm like, 
I, I, it was really helpful to work with you, Carl, because like, yeah, it's, I'm a process person and I love getting 95% done with things and then walking away. And Carl's mm-hmm. like, Hey, we've got it, you know, like let's, let's put it together. So yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Cool. Matt, when did you get involved? Um, I knew that it was coming together pretty early on. They, they told me they were just messing around with some ideas of the, in that, in that sound and style. And, and, uh, uh, they were kind enough to offer me the, the bass position on it. And it's really fun for me because I'm just the bass player. And usually when I'm working on a project, I'm, you know, I'm usually the producer and I'm handling a bunch of other duties at the same time for this one. It's like, they literally, they knocked out these tracks so well, handed me these wonderful polished tunes and said, here, go to town. And so, uh, it was, it was great, but, um, in very, uh, enjoyable, process for me to do but they brought me in around 2018 to start working on it 2019 okay cool cool so and most of the most of the, the i think all the music was done just like january or february of 2020 so right before pandemic kicked in we were just all just like yeah high five in each other <laughs> we got this great stuff and it just needs vocals and and then i'll be done and then you know pandemic hit and that slowed things down a little bit but that makes sense so when you guys met each other and you guys said you guys were geeking out and all that stuff like what were some of the touchstone bands like some of the ones where you guys like connected on from the beginning hmm. <laughs> i i feel like it might not have even been specific bands i mean because you could always like point to you know the holy trinity of gothenburg you know but like a lot of times it came down to like the little signals, you know, when someone says melodic death, you know, and like you catch the barf in your mouth, but then someone's <laughs> like, oh no, I mean like the first to blaze my sorrow, <laughs> the first Eucharist album, you know, or things like that. And then it was like, oh, this is awesome, you know, and it's like, you ever listen to Fatal Embrace? You ever listen to the In Thy Dreams demo, you know, and that's, that's when shit gets like, oh my God, where have you been my whole life? <laughs> yeah, I, me- I remember that with like just talking about all these these obscure bands relatively speaking that you know i had kind of been interested in and and never met anybody else really who knew them i mean it it, in in minneapolis that i mean i feel like the the metal scene at in the 90s when things were were happening was was very different It it really focused i think there's a lot of um i uh kind of uh the new york sound was pretty pretty popular here like the brutal death metal was if people were playing heavy metal of of any any kind of style that was what was happening when all of this stuff that was happening in um in sweden and in you know 94 to 96 that that was what was catching my ear so i felt like i you know it was hard for me to find friends locally who were interested in that stuff rather than just you know the most brutal of slams that which was kind of in vogue at that time so it was fun and tanner's like oh yeah i know all this stuff and we we just kind of couldn't believe it and how wonderful it was to to be able to geek out over all that stuff so that that was uh pretty pretty fun to finally have that chance to geek out over all this stuff cool cool so i guess my next question then is because i've thought about this before i mean you know 
if you were, I don't know why I've thought about this because I, I mean, I play guitar, but I don't play a lot. But just if I was to sit down and write or to try to write something melodic death metal, especially something coming from those early days, how do you do it now without just throwing out the same stuff that we've heard? You know, and I remember thinking, you know, do you, do you go back to like what those bands were listening to and kind of like, you know, take inspiration from similar bands? Like, you know, we obviously in Flames loved Iron Maiden and, and, and going back to those roots and then putting a new spin on it. Or, you know, how did you guys approach that without just, I would think you didn't just say we're going to go and, and, and just be influenced by those bands themselves specifically, but I, I don't know. I think it's unique to both of us. I made a choice when I was younger to stunt my growth and kind of take cue when like monstrosity was coming back and everything. I was like, all right, you know, like, yeah, like Carl said, like if you wanted to be in a band in Minneapolis, St. Paul, like the big ones were kind of like broken hope clones and sort of like the, what is death metal in like 1995 or six in the U S you know, after like you've had, sort of the first wave, like the 1992 before, and now you've just kind of got like people hanging on, you know, just like brutal tough guys and stuff. But like, yeah, like I just personally, like it wasn't so much like, Oh, I need to really like study this stuff. It's more just like, I never listened to melodic death metal past a certain point. Mm -hmm. And I sort of like developed my playing style around it. I mean, it certainly took, took off in a lot of different directions, but that was like a home base for me. So like albums like Skydancer, um, you know, even, even later stuff like Nightingale's Sylph, like uh, the EP and the first album. Uh, I think like, I didn't understand why a band who wrote that would write an album like Colony or anything. I never even bothered listening I'm sure Dark Tranquility's Haven is great. I don't care. You know, like, so I didn't have to like, oh, I should work backward. It was more just a stubbornness back then that paid off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, so you pretty much stopped after the glory days of most of those bands early on and, and never really went any further. Yeah. I, other things had caught my attention. I mean, it was like, uh, I mean, kind of like the early stuff, like early melodic death metal, like there's a conversation to be have about like the first Abigor album. Is it melodic death metal? Mm. You know, like there's a lot of kind of cool things happening. even on the no fashion label, you look at bands like Noctis mm -hmm. or something where it's like, this is fucking insane. You know, or check bands like Avenger, the original, like the breath of night recording of fall of devotion, uh, like the stuff that those bands were doing was kind of like very indicative of the time where they're soaking up kind of like what black metal is becoming as it's sort of like permeating through underground, you know, music and culture and stuff. And yeah, it's just, there's a whole wellspring of things to, to take from. It, that was, that was what looped me in on it. That those early days is that, you know, hearing is it was the the wrong again records comp that really um, was the first thing that I heard that was full of this, you know, a whole bunch of different bands and they they, they none of them sounded exactly the same. That's that and that's one thing that was, I thought was cool about about that. And for us, it was important to maintain that you know all those early melodic death metal bands, none of them were clones of each other. And 
I, I think for Tanner and I writing this stuff, we we wanted it to sound like, hey, this is you'll recognize this as early melodic death metal, but we don't want it to sound like anyone else. We want it to sound like us. You know, we want it to be our our own thing. It should stand on its own, or it, it you know, it's not just to be a copy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I loved how all of that stuff had it elements of it had death metal it had black metal it had traditional heavy metal all wrapped up in one really exciting package that um just felt wild that's what that's really the way i i, I felt when i listened to that you know that first inflamed song on that comp i'm like this is riff after riff of just really you know it's not really repeating stuff maybe it goes back to ideas here and there but it's not it's not verse chorus verse it's just these guys had so many ideas and they had to put them all down in a row <laughs> and somehow link them together. And it, it just worked for me. So that, that's something that we, I, I think that that early style of just the writing almost in a linear fashion where you've got a lot more riffs per song and it's the challenges to kind of try to make it still a, a journey that makes sense as a listener. And that was really um, a fun, fun challenge to, to kind of keep it, keep it rolling while not dwelling on any part for too long and kind of having it be a, a song that evolves from beginning to end rather than repeating a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Like a wild ride. And that's, I get that from it too. It like you feels that way, but yet, you know, it's got those, uh, those big moments, those big catchy moments that keep it, you know, held together. And yeah. And, and I think you guys nailed it with, um, having your own sound to it. Cause you can hear like, you know, sprinkles of both your guys's playing style, you know, you know, that we know from your, your other primary bands, um, in there. So it definitely doesn't feel like you're just listening to something from the nineties. You know, it feels, it feels new. It feels fresh, but it obviously appeals to anyone who likes that kind of stuff to me, at least. That's really cool. I don't, I mean, it's funny because like, I don't think it was intentional. We were kind of concerned about like, can we, can we, do this without sounding like ourselves, you know? And I I really think it speaks to like just how much that has become a primary language for our own works too, you know? I I think this stuff has just become part of our shared musical language. Um, And it's, it's appeared, I mean, in in every other band that I've, I've done in, in the last, you know, 20 years, it's been a part of what I've, I've put into it, even if it's not as a a parent, um, that this is really just more of the the chance for it to, to really be focused on, um, this style. It was so important to me and has been, um, for so long. Yeah. Yeah. So when you guys were writing it, then, um, you guys just kind of share the duties, you guys send each other riffs or how did that all work? mostly we were just sitting in the same room, passing the guitar back and forth. I okay. mean, we'd sit down and, uh, you know, someone would have a riff and we'd record it. And the, the other guy would say, Oh, I know what to do over the top of that. Or I know how to, I'll, I'll play a harmony and figure it out. And, and it was so much fun. It was just like the, the, the most relaxing and instantly gratifying writing process because, you know, I, I, I don't know, you know, every once in a while when I'm writing stuff by myself, I get, I'll get stuck. I'll feel like, ah, this is dumb. Um, and in whenever that happened to me in this process, their Tanner would be there to say, Oh, how about this? And, and instantly we're back on track and, and moving forward. It, it was just a blast. 
Yeah, it gave me a lot of confidence writing with Carl uh, because there are just some things that like, I don't know, uh, you don't necessarily like commit to certain ideas or like kind of believe in their follow through until someone else is there like, no, just do that. And um, I mean, sort of like when you see like someone who's like maybe been playing guitar for like a short period of time and they're like playing a riff and it's like super mean and nasty and you're like, damn. And they're like, I don't know what I'm doing, you know? (laughs) And you're like, ah, if I wrote that and then you're like, wait, if I did write that, what would I do with it? You know, like how, where does this fit? And it it just is like, it's very fun to kind of, um, you know, I think some of our styles can be a little bit on the nose, you know, like for mine with like some of the castle riffs and stuff. I don't know about Carl. I don't mean to like bring you down to my level here, but like, <laughs> no, man. There's, there's stuff that's like very Carl, I feel like, especially like not just your vibrato, but like your resolve in phrasing and stuff. And uh, yeah, I learned a lot uh, just writing with you. And I think having something like this to do, uh, like playing melodic death metal is different because like in any other setting, I have a really hard time uh, writing with people because I get an idea and um, I get really possessive and I, I don't think I'm like necessarily a great person to be in a band with, but I feel like I knew that long enough ago that like there aren't really casualties of, of that personality type. I mean, I'm fine being in bands where people tell me what to do, but I also like having bands where that happens too with, with like Carl and I writing, I feel like it was just like this naturally follows. And of course, Carl, you're doing everything that anyone should do. It's amazing, you know, and widening my scope, broadening my horizons, you know, even within something as familiar as this. That's interesting. Cause I did have that question. Cause I, I, as far as I know, you guys are both pri- primary songwriters. You guys are, you know, you guys have your vision so when you, you know, you, you'd wonder, like you put two people together who are normally just doing their own thing, you know, do you have to figure out how to work together? But it sounds like it was pretty smooth and pretty easy. So that's cool. Yeah, I had, I've had some experience with that. Um, most recently with, with Matt, because Matt plays guitar in, in Antivirus with me. And so he, he and I would, you know, we wrote a lot of material together for, for that project. And so fortunately had, had a chance to get my feet under me with being a, collaborative writer and and not feeling like I had to hold the reins too closely so I mean that that was helpful to have have uh had Matt teach me some of those uh skills as well Matt what about you man so did you have the same love for the early uh early melodic death metal too or where did you come from with all that I wasn't I'm a new I have to admit it um I uh I wasn't aware of of the the early early days of it like that I was aware of bands in their later phase, you know, I would say the the post Tanner years of uh, <laughs> of uh, melodic death metal, and I didn't really like a lot. Uh, I felt like uh, some of those records were just so I don't know how to describe it. it. It felt really formulaic in a lot of them. Like I'd have people tell me about how much they love In Flames. I'd go listen to In Flames, and I'm like, this is just not doing it for me. <laughs> That being said, I found my way into him in some of the later stuff because I am a, a fan of poppier things at times. But when these guys started getting me into it, they were very kind about it by sharing what music inspired them. And it became something for me that started to uh, reignite my 
my teenage youthful excitement for new music. Like it's been a long time since I found something that made me go, holy shit. And then I dig into the next one. I go, holy shit. And I dig into <laughs> the next one. And so I've been deep into it now for a few years. And uh, I'm just glad that they gave me the opportunity to play with them, not being as versed in it, it as well versed in it as they are. But I'm currently still going through that the excitement phase of finding bands uh, that I'd never heard 20, 25 years ago and, and uh, digging in on them and, and really finding a lot of amazing stuff and, and wishing I would have been there at the time when it was blowing up because I would have been right there along with you guys and that stuff that's right up my alley of music. So I am happy to uh, tell you that I am now um, getting well informed in this kind of music and I'm very happy to be part of it. <sighs> That's awesome. I mean, there's nothing really better than that. Finding those uh, the things you miss that are just great like that. I mean, that's awesome. I think we all wish we could go back to that. You know, hear those albums for the first time. Anyway, so that's awesome. Yeah, that's what it feels like it feels like the first time. <laughs> <laughs> um, cool. Yeah. So I know because it's for me. I uh, I kind of had that like a backwards thing. Uh, I guess closer to Matt, but um. I came at it from from not the later albums, but you know at least from like Slaughter the Soul, you know, because I I came into it more from metalcore. I started with some of that stuff before I got into extreme stuff, and I remember being like, you know, you read an interview and these bands would reference, you know, all those uh, Swedish bands, and then I would go and look those up and be like, wow, okay, the source is uh, <laughs> it's even better than what I was into, mm-hmm. and then I would go down the road, and then I had to backtrack, you know, to the early stuff and. So, you know, everybody comes to it in a different way. So, I mean, I feel like however you get there, you find the good stuff finally and, you know, it's worth it. Yeah, a lot of the stuff that I, I really feel influenced just kind of the, our excitement for doing this is, was hard to find. I mean, even even when it was brand new, I you know, they were you couldn't, you know, you had to get them from a CD import. I mean, it wasn't this, you know, the internet was just kind of, you know, starting to become a thing and you might learn about the bands but you wouldn't you, you know you wouldn't stream them or download it it was that was you know mid mid 90s was kind of a little bit before that so um it was it was hard to find the stuff and i think that's a big reason why for me it was i you know I, when i find somebody who had a, even a passing interest in it was like oh yeah we're friends now right away and it was just like um it, it was wasn't wasn't all over the place like the the more you know once the like you said the metalcore stuff and the the kind of the alternative metal element that sort of crept into to it around the 2000s that that's when it kind of started to to be everywhere and and it's also when i started to feel like i because i kept listening to those records i kept buying in flames i kept buying dark tranquility records and i i remember feeling like is it me is there something is there something wrong with me why isn't this why isn't this as great and and i had to kind of unpack all of that but um I, you know, I'm I'm glad to see that those bands still exist, and it's kind of cool to hear. There's, you know, from what I've heard from the New In Flames record, it sounds like they're kind of trying to go back to capture a little bit of the the fire they had in uh, their younger days. And I I think I think it's awesome. You know, I I can totally understand why he'd want to go back to the early <laughs> stuff because it rules. So yeah, I've heard that too. I haven't listened yet. I heard this. I heard the talk about that Halo Effect album. People were kind of saying that. I, I haven't listened to that one yet either, but um, I've heard mixed, you know, mixed things. But yeah, I know. I remember another weird thing was when uh, 
in flames, you know, when they got to, uh, God, what album was it? Uh, Come Clarity? Is that an album? Come Cl- I think yeah. Come Clarity, yeah. Um, yeah, on that album, they, they, it's like they actually, you know, they, they influenced the metalcore stuff, and then they almost went and did it. <laughs> they, like, kind of did that sound on that album. I remember thinking that was such a crazy thing, that they influenced those bands, and then they almost used some of that sound in the later era. At the time, I remember being kind of into it, but... It didn't age as well for me, but it, to be fair, I haven't listened in a long time, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. The, um, that that record came out on a label that is run by a friend of mine called Ferret Records in the United States, and that was a hardcore label. And so, for an Inflames record to come out on on Ferret was was really a, a a big deal. And I think that's where where I felt like, yeah, this is an inflection point where, you know, I I because I, I know a lot about uh hardcore from that time of uh, that time frame too and it was i was just so surprised to hear bands that were ostensibly hardcore bands and they'd have slaughter of the soul as their primary template for what they were trying to sound like and i I remember feeling like this is a strange mixing of of elements that wasn't quite what i wanted to hear so I, i i think uh i think that was really a, a point where I started to need to take a, a little bit of a break and, you know, try some different things and also just focus on, well, the, these original records are the ones that I really want to listen to. So maybe I'll, I'll put that old stuff on instead of the new one. Yeah. Has there been anything that has stood out in the more recent years, you know, um, you know, besides your, what you guys have been doing like that, that has caught your ears specific to melodic death metal. I mean, we can go into other stuff too, but like in that sound, especially from the earlier sound, not like the more modern. I don't know. There's, <clears throat> I, I, I don't even know. I opened my mouth first. I just, <laughs> I was thinking about this last night because we did, we had a podcast yesterday too, and the question didn't come up and I'd been anticipating it. And um, like, I went to bed last night listening to Nightingales mm-hmm. and it was five scars and there's like a couple good riffs, but it's like, it's sort of like, there's just a little bit of like American, <laughs> I don't know, like just stuff. I don't know. It's just, it just doesn't sit right. But like I listened to the one from 2018 and it was like, this is better. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess it's interesting, you know, like these bands are allowed to evolve. Like we're not gatekeepers of the sound or yeah. something, you know what I mean? Like, and I know like I find myself being more critical, but I don't know. There needs to be a place for that too. Like these bands are lauded. They're celebrated, you know, like I'm not going to talk shit about like new in flames trying to go back to the, whatever it was, you know, like even if they don't have any original members, <laughs> like, at least they're listening to fans that want them to do that. You know, halo effect certainly is, but I haven't really heard a lot of the things that I loved in melodic death metal, uh, in melodic death metal, you know, like, like you think of a label like black lion or something like that, where it's like, you know, they have like a Canoris quintet or like this ending or whatever band iteration they're on, you know, like on it where it's like, Oh, this is cool. What are these other bands? And like, it's so hit or miss or these weird like it's always like some guys like you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna sing <sighs> but i'm like none of these dudes sing they like studio sing and it's like i don't know i just like hate singing too 
like for the most part, like at least like in that sense of like nightingales where it's, I don't, know, I just don't know what the fuck you're thinking when you do that stuff. Like, it's like, I can't wait to impress our girlfriends or something or like this. And then there's like cello in it, like fuck off. It's just the worst, <laughs> you know, but like eternal champion, there are like moments of like melodic death metal and eternal champion that I love. And I don't think that it's necessarily like in twin harmony as much like same with like gatekeeper you know, but like they also have a lot of kind of like groove, like Morgana Le Fay or like some of that, like even like Nevermore and stuff like that rips. Um, I think bands like Eternal Champion are like 10 times as good as even the hype around them. You know, like that's like what I listen to for like melodic metal, mm. you know, but not so much melodic death metal. I'm really sorry for that rambling answer. <laughs> I mean, I... I have a, a couple bands that I that I think that are new that I always enjoy. Like I I, I like Insomnium a lot, um, and I don't think they really sound a lot like the early days. But they're to me in a, a really cool example of uh, you know some they they've kind of done their own thing, and I I I always find that I'm you know entertained when I hear it. Um, I like Bellacore as well. Um, so some of that stuff is it to me is has a little bit more progressive um elements to it kind of you know not not that far off from what opeth did for a little while so i i mean i kind of like i like that progressive element to it um but it, it none of it feels like it's aggressive and crazy the way you know some of this the early stuff that um i i discovered um uh, back in the day so it, you know it's just a different it's a variation on a theme yeah I agree. I mean, but that's what's cool about what you guys are doing because it kind of does fill a space that like we haven't really we haven't had. We've had so much old school of the more straight ahead, you know, death metal and, and those kind of things, but we haven't had just like people exploring more of that older melodic death metal sound. So I mean, it's awesome to hear. I mean, I wouldn't mind to hear more bands and projects, you know, kind of doing that sound. I don't know if anyone will take the cue from you guys on that or not. But I mean, I feel like it's time we've had so much of the other stuff. So <laughs> yeah, that's like, I wouldn't say a passion, but like anyone that messages like the Obsequi Instagram and they're like, how do you get that tone? I'm like, send me a screenshot of your DAW. Like, let me see what you're running. Like, let me see the chain. Like I want people to like do this, you know, like I can't speak from melodic death metal. Like, even now, like when we talk about this stuff, like we're talking as fans, like I'm not trying to hold majesties as some standard, you know, like mm. we're, we're figuring this stuff out. We love melodic death metal, you know, but like I want people to write music. And if there's anything I can do to help, like if you're listening, of course, like everyone listening has six bands, you know, <laughs> so like let's talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's get more of it. What? So. As far as the old stuff goes, um, if you were going to pick one one album, you know, I guess one album, one demo, something like that. Is there one that you could pick, like each of you guys, like one of the early stuff? Uh, for me, it's um, it's Subterranean from In Flames. Mm. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's just a, it's, it's a funny one because that's the one with... Um, it's a it's an ep so it's it's but it, it just it's all killer no filler and uh, it, it's that that's the 
you never like NASA, you never forget your first. And that's where, that's where I'm like, I, I got this EP. I ordered it from an import service. And, um, you know, the day it arrives, it's like the Eagle has landed. This is, this is magic. And it's been a favorite ever since. I would echo that a hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I found my, again, found my way in backwards back when, uh, even before I met Tanner and, uh, Carl, I, I kept trying to go into in flames. And so for me, it's Jester race, but I found it in such a weird way. I literally started, this is probably like 10, 12 years ago. I started with the newest record and just started going all the way back and kept in the cape. Each record was just kind of like those first newest five records were just like, I don't know what I'm listening to. And I got all the way down to the last one on the list, Jester race. And I listened to that over and that's the one record I've, I've, loved for a long time and it mostly at, the reason i fell in love with it was some of the greatest guitar solos i've ever heard on a metal record and and uh you know aspired to be able to play some of those things someday so that was my first yeah I, you know i was just thinking i don't know if if uh like jason you have an opinion on this too but like i i might even like change the answer depending on my mood which i don't think is un- unusual but like um I don't think like the gesture race with Daniel Erlinson drumming would have been as good. There's something about how simple the drums were that like really serviced the guitars, like all those layers um, to like give them more attention. Um, yeah. And similarly, somehow, like I think it also on subterranean, like really helped give, give it, like all those layers so much more um is a very comfortable kind of like not template but just like flow because it's just so insane and so short like i don't think that could have been anything but an ep you Mm. know because it's just it's too much it's like a fine patisserie you know like you you wouldn't want more than more than one (laughs) (laughs) now is that where you guys would draw the line though would be the jester jester race or do you guys go to like Horacle at all or beyond? I think Horacle has got some great songs like gyroscope and like, forget that track six. I mean, it like I'd say it sucks because I'm thinking of like how I felt then, but really it's just like whatever Anders is doing his like, you know, it's like (laughs) stuff, but like that track six has got some like sick melodies. Like there's a lot of things that are redeemable and like, these days when you go back to that stuff, it's like, you know, thank, thank God it's still metal, you know, cause it's more than you can say for like black metal, <laughs> you know, or something like from the past 20 years or, or, you know, anything really, I don't know. Yeah. Parts. Yeah. We didn't talk too much about like, um, at the gates. What uh, do you guys listen to that band much or a favorite? I, I've been listening a lot more lately to the Red in the Skies Hours. Had more of an appreciation for that the past two years. Um, but uh, what about you guys? Yeah, I mean, like at the gates is um, like the best. You know, Alf Svensson is like, I don't know. He's like, yeah, he, everyone knows. I don't need to say anything. <laughs> He's a man. Yeah, and like Terminal Spirit's good. You know, Slaughter the Soul is cool. But it, it's sort of one of those things. You remember when you were like talking about in flames, like making an album that kind of like appealed to maybe bands they were touring with or whoever, whatever you guys were saying, like without even knowing as much specifically about that album, I feel like sometimes bands 
take a break and at the gates did that. And everyone was like, you heard the new at the gates, whenever they came back, whatever album that was. And like, um, I remember like my old boss played it often and, um, I wanted to like it, but I was like, you know, they've been gone too much. The same with Eucharist, you know, Mm. like I just don't think you can come back after that long. Like you put out something, so many bands have like not made it better, you know, but like they've done so much to that style that like when you come back, you can risk sounding stale. And that's not like an opinion on at the gates. It's just that, I think that's a problem with a really successful and accessible album like Slaughter of the Soul is like Alf Svensson is insane. It sounds like the rest of the band is keeping up with him, you know, and it's, you know, Daniel Erlinson's little brother or older brother, uh, Adrian, you know, like he did an awesome job. He's an insane drummer. Like they sound like a death metal band. And if you ask Haval from Sarcasm, it's their only death metal album, you know, even with fear teeters on, I guess something that I trust, I trust of all. So, but I love, I love all of it with Alf. Yeah. Same with you, Carl, or what do you think? I, um, I, I remember when I first heard the red in the sky is ours, it, it took a few listens before it clicked with me. And, um, and that's sometimes a good thing. I mean, I, I don't need everything to be an immediate, you know, set of hooks and, uh, into me that, uh, like maybe slaughter of the soul was just instantaneous you know you could you know it was really a shot of adrenaline right away but i i first heard them on uh terminal spirit disease so that was the ep that came out before that record and and that that one still is a favorite of mine because it, it sort of feels like it bridges their two two eras a little bit um i mean especially with some of those live songs from earlier records in there too but it's kind of it makes makes that through line of how they developed it makes it uh, a lot more clear to see where they came from and where they're going so I, I i have a soft spot for that record but i yeah like tanner said i love all that early stuff yeah and matt have you went into into the early at the gates or where are you at with that yeah well, i started with slaughter of the soul because every, that record was everywhere when it came out and yeah. i really enjoyed that um and then i i admit that i love when at war with reality came out i still love that record and don't shoot me it, it kind of is my favorite um for different reasons and so i've gone backwards carl introduced me to uh, terminal spirit disease a couple of years ago and uh i love that one and i honestly have only listened to the red in the sky is ours maybe three or four times um it just never quite clicked with me for whatever reason i, I seem to really like later at the gates for some reason yeah hey so, I I actually I, I I do too. I mean I like it. I've liked even up to when they did you know at war with reality. I enjoyed it, and I liked the one after that. I didn't like the newest one. Um, I didn't like the production on the new record. It sounded really I don't know thrown together. Yeah, they were trying a lot of things, and uh, you know, cool. But yeah, I don't know. It, it, that one didn't work for me. But I'm such a fan of Tampa and his, and his vocals and. Um, I don't know. It's one of those bands I always like to follow, you know, but uh, yeah, nothing compares, you know, to the early stuff. I always, I kept wishing every time they would get a new guitarist, maybe it'd be Elf just to see what would happen. I mean, I know it's probably not, (laughs) you know, I know it's not going to be the same, but it would be cool. It'd be a cool experiment, I guess, is all I would say. But um, how about this one? Dark Tranquility, 
Would you go uh, Sky? Well, Tanner, I don't think I have to a- ask you this because of your background, but Sky Dancer or uh, God, what, the Gallery in the Gallery? Why am I forgetting this now? The Gallery? The Gallery. Yeah. Which uh, one would you pick there? I definitely, I don't like the Gallery. I actually like the first half of the Mind's Eye. I mean, I think that of the Gallery is like brilliant. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, like, by Dark Tranquility standards, I actually think a Moonclad Reflection, their second seven inch, is like one of the best like some of the best melodic death metal is just like so atmospheric, so heavy. Um, I actually reread an old zine um, before the release of Scott answer uh, two days ago. Mm. And Nicholas Sundin is just like talking about death metal and the state of death metal. And he's like, just mentioning like Verathron and like how little you can do with, with death metal and stuff. And it's, he also mentioned that Skydancer was supposed to be called In the Golden Dawn of Winter and Necropolis was putting it out, which is insane. Uh, but like, yeah, sorry, what was the question? I'll pick <laughs> Moonclad Reflection, you know, and uh, if I had to pick between the gallery, like for like for a style, I'll take Sacrilege's The Fifth Season any day over it because I think it is very similar as far as like locking in there's definitely more unconventional, like not time signatures, but sort of like stutters of time signatures, like, like little cutoffs in the gallery. But like the fifth season by sacrilege is like so percussively melodic and you don't hear that except in like, I don't know. (laughs) I don't want to say like, uh, like progressive metal, but like, yeah, there's like a, something Mark Zonder from like Warlord or Fate's Warning would appreciate, I'm sure, you know, that's like just different from the gallery. There's a lot going on. How about you, Carl? Um, I I like Of Chaos and Eternal Night and mm-hmm. um, and The Mind's Eye is a big favorite of mine, too. So I know I chose two that you didn't offer up. No, the yeah, no, the, <laughs> the EP, I mean, that one, I forget about it. And every time I go back to it, I am just blown away so i'm with you on that that's a great one the enter suicidal angels too because there's um yeah. yeah there's some songs that weren't on mind's eye or at least one in it yeah uh, rip. what about your favorite um you know melodic death black whatever um that isn't from sweden do you oh, have any yeah. there or do you just yeah. focus on that region no, I, I never intended it to be like Sweden. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like, I, I think I'd go back more to actually just death metal at that point, like, mm-hmm. um, like Gormant, you know, Morpheus, uh, pretty interchangeable for those eras and stuff. Um, Sentence, even though, as Jeff Wagner has pointed out, you know, like it is just atheists, you know, worship. Um, but in the <laughs> ah, sense, I never heard that. Yeah, That's amazing. <laughs> If you listen to like, yeah, North from here, right next to like, um, yeah, piece of time, it's like, holy shit, this is how, <laughs> how did I put this together sooner? But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great melodic death metal, like obviously like Exhumation, you know, from Greece. I guess it's, did he move to Sweden or was that? Uh, I, don't I don't know. But like, yeah, a lot of the Finnish stuff and like a lot of the kind of like adjacent melodic death metal stuff, like Fall of the Leaf is like a Bible to me, you know? Um, especially the first two albums and even even the stuff where they were just a rock band is nuts. What about, uh, you know, with, with, um, 
some of the more melodic black metal stuff. I know we had done an episode, I think it was last year, just kind of going through a lot of that stuff. What am I trying to think? Dawn, you know, uh, I, I hate land. Slaughter Sun is, is like, I think a terrible album. And, uh, <laughs> I love Henke. I love Dawn. I have all the belief in the world that like whenever the fourfold furnace comes out, hopefully before sadistic intense first album, you know, like that, that'd be great. But like the first Dawn album, I like worship. Um, mm, yeah. I think that's got the same drummer, uh, was it Carl Carlson? The mythotine dude. Yeah. Fucking near Solon, Garporp or whatever, Nipfer, whatever it's called, you know, like it's yeah. not even Swedish. It's like, what's the dude from Arcanum translating, you know, like all those old, old ancient Swedish songs. So yeah. Yeah. yeah that record I, I, is my favorite of theirs too. And it's just, it, what's so, it's so propulsive. It's just like here, the drumming, it's just like, those blasts just they're relentless and it's not, it's not tippy tappy the way some of some of the earlier stuff in that era when i was a big you know i was a big death metal guy and i'd, I'd hear these thinly produced black metal drums and i'd be like oh man this isn't this is this isn't really as as heavy as i want it to be but but that record it's just it just pounds it's just so cool yeah it was like Naglafar, you know Victor, yeah. like they've got a lot of like <laughs> A lot of heavy metal going on mm-hmm. um, and uh, enslave the astral fortress off Vitra is super sick. And, uh, you know, like what are, yeah. What are some of the other like melodic black metal? Um, what about Sacramento like a, a Sacramento versus dissection? What about that? Oh, not even a comparison. I mean, like <laughs> there's a reason what's his name left uh, for dissection. Uh, forget he was the dude who was in like Decameron and, uh, yeah, I mean, like Sacramentum's great, but are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> you know, like, and by like, what's his name, Andres Berlaki? You know, like by his own admission, like they were a terrible live band. Uh, Emil Notfight, you know, like John's brother, also played live second guitars in that Far Away from the Sun tour. Of, like, they they sounded good on, on that. I have like, I have a, a some bootleg cassette of it, but. Yeah, like fuck no, Sacramento. <laughs> I actually like. I'm closer than that. I, it's harder for me. So <laughs> I, I don't, it depends. Like I think the somber lane is like the pinnacle of dissection, uh, and that's not taken away from Storm of the Lights, Bane. You know, before they broke up and never put out another album. Carl, what do you think? <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Um, my, you know, my appreciation of of dissection has changed with all of the bad events of you know what. Don was involved with so it, it's harder I, I feel you know less like I I enjoy it less than now than I did even mm. though in my head I can hear those whole albums from start to finish because I listen to them so many times so that's a complicated one <laughs> um, whereas for for me that I don't think I actually heard far away from the sun until more recently so that's like a that's like a, a newer discovery. It's it, you know it's one of those that just slipped me by in the, the early days. And now that I've you know gotten to to know it, it's just like this is this is fresh and it's new. And maybe so that 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 newness hasn't worn off as of yet. But as far as I as far as I know, there's not a I'm not conflicted about listening to that one as much. Right, right. I get it. I yeah. still think like bands like Sacramento or Lord Belial, Sethereal, like are just too, they're just a little like far removed from like 
right next to a conversation like dark tranquility, but for the time it makes sense, I guess, you know? Yeah. There's this, it was, it was cool because you could kind of see the, you know, there was all that influence that was happening that, that was still these kind of, they hadn't completely diverged from each other entirely. You know, there's still elements of both death metal and black metal and they were kind of mixing, you know, like, singing about dawn i was thinking about arcanum you know like um shamatai or whatever you know like kosovar a second album that is a headphone album like the left and right of that uh the guitar work is like it's deceiving like just how intricate uh, i'm not saying like technical i'm just saying like it's really well stacked it's very very um Monica sophisticated you can you can tell like of course he had something to do with at the gates you know even if it he was like he was like 13 drumming for grotesque or something you know like they they definitely cut their teeth on the same stuff around the same you know weirdos like elf <laughs> yeah um all right let's finish on this one then so those are a lot of the bigger ones what about um if you had to recommend someone who's like i know all the big stuff i know the big three of gothenburg and all that but they want to check out something that's much less talked about, but worthwhile. Do you guys have like a, you know, an underrated one or something that people should dig in deeper? Yeah. Um, the ablaze first, ablaze my sorrow album, miscreants dreaming ice. Um, I'm going to kick myself the second we're off this zoom call. I mean, there's, <laughs> a lot. but those are the things you don't have to search hard for, you know, like you find them. Yeah. Eucharist. I think that was another one that I, I feel as, uh, you know, those first two albums are very different, but I, I like them both um, a lot. Um, I think Fall of the Leaf, Tanner, you mentioned that, and I, that that's th- those first two records are are just incredibly good. And and like you said, even the, the rock stuff they did later was still really cool. But those first two are just kind of magical records that I, I, I feel like maybe people don't know as much about them just because... Uh, at least for me, it was hard to get hold of that stuff at all. Um, I, you know, I, I, I think it, it was only recently that I've been able to track down all of that stuff, but um, it's, it's so great. It's just magic. Um, yeah. I think I, you know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff. We, we, we're going to be doing a, a DJ session on uh, Gimme Metal in, in March. And, and so we've got a bunch of cool stuff that we've, we've dug up that probably, nice. We're still refining it. A Canaris Quintet, that's another great one that is maybe not on the tip of everyone's tongue, but they rule. I think there are a lot of those bands too that are like, everyone's like, you got to fucking listen to the moaning. And it's like, do you? (laughs) (laughs) Nicholas Svensson and Oscar Carlson collectively, you know, like made three melodic death metal bands that could have just been one, you know, like... (laughs) So yeah, I'd say miscreant dreaming ice <laughs> over the some of that stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, oh, sarcasm. I mean, that's one that's more recent where it's like everything they do is great. Totally. Yeah, their sarcasm has been putting out some great records. I mean, even just last year they had a had a killer record. That's a good call. Nice. Matt, anything you want to throw in there? I defer to these guys <laughs> yeah, when it comes yeah. to <laughs> my place on that one. I hear you. Um, all right, cool, cool, cool. Last thing then. So are you guys going to do anything live at all? I know it's new still and, and, and half your, you guys do the live stuff with Obsequay. Uh, 
What do you think? Or we'll wait and see. I'm wait, like Carl. You gotta, you gotta quit your job, Matt. <laughs> let's, let's do it. Let's go. I mean, we, we, uh, I think we all think it'd be fun, but we've got a lot of a, a lot of irons in the fire. I mean, our, all of our other projects still live on, and and um, you know we, we're trying to keep everything moving. So it's not impossible, but it's not going to happen like in 2023 but you know we we will we, we never say never and it, it seems like it would, could be a lot of fun when the time is right cool cool and are you guys going to continue on with it is it a one-off is it you know is it a project or is it a full band like it was a one-off until we found out like that um jason from into the combine podcast was into us and we were like well <laughs> this is clearly got out of hand you know so like we better make a second record I, th- I think this is all like kind of been a conversation that's ongoing. So it's hard to answer, but like, yeah. hell yeah, we're super stoked that people are stoked. And um, I, I really think you guys should log on to the Instagram page. Cause if you want to like talk about like nerdy melodic death metal, I am fielding it. People, <laughs> there, there, are, there are dudes, there are lonely men that, that need people to talk to you about, you know, the wrong again, compilation. <laughs> So hell yeah, let's go play for them so they can stay home. And <laughs> Perfect. All right, cool, cool. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Like I said, I, I fucking love it. Um, it's all I've been listening to. So hopefully everybody else uh, loves it as much. I'm sure they will. 20 bucks spin, so that means everyone's going to see it. So that's great. So good luck with it coming out. Hey, thanks so much. Thank you very much. Yeah, I really had a fun time talking to you. <laughs>